to uh, begin this message time today, I, uh, I want to invite you to say some words with me. Would you just repeat? It's three words, really, really simple. Would you just say, uh, say these words, repeat them after me. Say, I am extraordinary. All right, say it all together. I am extraordinary. Why are some of you giggling? I see it. And, uh, and some of you don't look like you believe this. I invited you to say it, but you're looking at me like, uh-huh, yeah, r- right. right? I, I can't get inside your head this morning, but here's my guess. My guess is that um, about 60% of you right now are thinking, wait, why did you make me say this? Because I'm not extraordinary. Like on my good days, I might be ordinary. And another, another 30% of you, you, uh, you were smart. You're like, as soon as Brian said to say something, I backed off. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> you, you knew it was a setup, right? Now, if you'll, you'll notice, I left out five, 5% here. So we've got 60 and, and 35. Um, 5%, 4% of you right now are sitting there going, yes, I am extraordinary. And I'm glad somebody finally noticed. And there are a handful, the other 1%, there are a handful of you who were about to turn to their spouse and go, I've been telling you for years I'm extraordinary, and now Pastor Brian has affirmed it. For that, uh, for that 5% of you, I'm going to have a session later this week on what the Bible says about pride and humility, and I would, uh, I would like you to, to no, just, just kidding. Seriously, though, you are extraordinary. Hear those words today. You are extraordinary. Maybe, maybe not in the way that, that pride can lead you to, to think you are, or that pride sometimes leads us to think we are. Probably not in, in the terms of the worldly definitions that we give. But you are. And you may not feel it right now. You may not have ever felt this way. You may not have ever thought of yourself as, as extraordinary. So in the in the next few moments today, we're going to explore why this is true, why, why you should claim this truth that you are extraordinary, and, and maybe even more important, why it's, why it's important that we live into it. Would you pray with me? Lord, take my lips this day and, and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. And Lord, take our hearts and set them on fire with your love this day. Amen. Uh, show of hands for those that you're here, and if you're at home, you can own this too, and just shoot a, shoot a hand up or, or share in the comments. Um, how many of you have felt at some point in your life uh, like you're just going through the motions? Anybody had a, had a time in life when you've just felt like, oh my gosh, I'm just going through the emotions? How many of you have had a time like that in the last six months of of COVID, like I'm just going through the emotion, going through the motions. Do you ever come home at the end of a day? Maybe you've had this experience. You come home at the end of a day, and someone asks, "How was your day today?" And you're like, "Oh, it was fine." Uh, and then like, there's no more conversation because you don't feel like anything out of the ordinary happened that's worth sharing anything more about it. Those of you with teenagers in your home, you have this conversation all the time, so you you understand what it's like. But the truth is, I mean, we we kind of joke about teenagers with this, but the the reality is, we all have. We all have those times in our lives when it just feels ordinary and like we don't have, we don't have anything to, 
to share anything, to, to talk about it. For all of us, right, life can feel pretty ordinary. But today, this question, we're going to look at Hebrews in a minute, and there's this great question to ask, like, is life ordinary? And the, the very concept of life, is it ordinary? Is our living and moving and, and breathing, is that ordinary? What, what makes something ordinary versus what makes something extraordinary? This week, I walked out in my yard, I was thinking about the book of Hebrews and sermon notes and ordinary and extraordinary, and I just walked out in my yard, and I started walking around and just, just looking around. And uh, thinking about ordinary and extraordinary, I, I started taking some pictures. So these are, these are right out of my yard. Um, this first one, you'll see dandelions. How many of you have dandelions in, in, my, in your yard? Okay, the, nothing to do with the sermon. I just wanted to feel better about the ones in mine. Thank you. Um, Right, dandelions are pretty ordinary, at least for my yard, and for, for lots of yards, I think. Uh, it, it would be extraordinary to find one in my neighbor's yard, but that's a different sermon for another time. Right, dandelions, ordinary weeds that grow along the edges of our yards. And then I looked up from the dandelions, because I was tired of thinking about how I didn't do a good job of getting my yard ready this spring, and, uh, and I, I saw all of our, we've got hostas everywhere, Right? I mean, hostas are pretty ordinary plant. They, they grow pretty easily anywhere. At least they do for us. And they're already big and spreading. And I thought, oh, there's, you know, there's a bunch of hostas. Again, pretty, pretty ordinary plants in the world. And then I walked over toward the garage and they're by our back deck too. There are these green plants growing there with these little white flowers. I don't know what they're called. Cheryl could probably tell you. But, uh, you know, for me, it's just, I walk by them every day. It's pretty ordinary green stuff. I hear some of you saying the name of this plant right now. Right? Ordinary plants, ordinary, ordinary weeds, an ordinary yard. That's what I found as I, as I walked around. And then, thinking about, thinking about ordinary and extraordinary and, and how we walk past the world without really looking, I went back to each of those spots and I thought, I'm going to spend a little more time and look a little bit more closely. And you know, I found something else. Remember that dandelion, pretty ugly and, and ordinary? If you get really close to it, you can begin to see its beauty. I'm not justifying dandelions in yards, by the way. But I am saying there's beauty within this living thing. And I, I really did take this picture, so I promise. It's, uh, it, it's the same dandelion you just looked at. Just did a, a little closer up. And the hosta, right? The hosta from a distance, it's just another green plant in, in yards. But when you get up close... You get really up close, you see this texture and, and these colors, and there's just, I mean, there's, there's a work of art in the hostas. And sometimes, maybe often, we walk by every day and, and miss the beauty of things. We get so, so wrapped up in the ordinary habits and patterns of, of life, the, the same things but if we just pause to look more closely at that green plant with the little white flowers that we pass by every, every day to experience it more fully, right, we begin to see the extraordinary within it. So here's a question today. What if we did this when we looked in the mirror every morning or every evening? 
What if instead of looking in the mirror and just seeing an ordinary human being looking back at us, staring back, what if we looked deeper at ourselves? What if we looked beyond the surface, beyond that everyday glance that we, that we give ourselves and most of the world around us? What would we find? Hold on to that image, that thought for a moment, because we've been exploring the epistles and the letters of the, of the New Testament. And today we come to the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews, it's a little bit different than the, than the other books right around it, the letters right around it. it. It reads more like a sermon than a letter. In fact, I believe it probably was a sermon that was circulated through, through churches. And what we know or, or what, uh, what we believe from the letter itself is that the audience for these this, this sermon in Hebrews, the audience was, for some reason, abandoning their faith, right? Turning away from Jesus. And we, do, we don't know for certain why. It's possible they were just fading back into the ordinary life of the Roman Empire, sort of fading back into, into culture, losing the extraordinary of Jesus in their lives. And it's possible that they were essentially turning away from it because of persecution and, and the suffering. And it was easier just to give in to the ordinary routines of the empire than it was, than it was to hold on to, to faith. Right? We're only, we're ordinarily, we're just ordinary common folk, they might have thought. How can we continue to worship God if the, if the Roman Empire won't allow it? How can we continue to, to worship God in, in this culture and in this place? Right? Heroes, they can rise up in, in difficult times, but, but how do ordinary people stand up to oppression and make it through difficulty and, and suffering in life? Well, the book of Hebrews, it speaks directly to a group of people who thought they were ordinary directly to a group of people who thought they were ordinary, to a group of people that, that maybe thought there was nothing special about them. And this is what it says. We start in Hebrews chapter 2, if you want to follow along in, in your Bibles or your online Bible. Hebrews 2 verse 6. Instead, someone declared somewhere, it's reflecting on other scriptures, what is humanity that you think about them? Or what are the human beings that you care about them? For a while you made them lower than angels. You crowned the human beings with glory and honor. You put everything under their control. What do you see when you look in the mirror in the morning? Do you see a unique creation of humankind? Billions of of cells molded into life systems, these life systems molded into a, a living, breathing being, a created being that is you. Right, a heart created to, to pump blood, a, a mind to think, and a soul that we can't fully explain through, or that we can't fully explain, we can only explain through faith. Do you see a created being crowned with glory and, and honor? Hebrews repeats these words from the Psalms and wants those hearing this message to, to just know that God created you. 
God created you just as God created all of, of humankind, not randomly, but with love and, and purpose. And then the section continues. It says this, when he, when, when God, the Lord, puts everything under the control, he doesn't leave anything out of control. But right now, we don't see everything under their control yet. However, we do see the one who was made lower in order than the angels for a little while. It's Jesus. He's the one who is now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of his death. He suffered death so that he could taste, for, taste death for everyone through God's grace. Do you ever read a scripture and find you're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllables? Right? Essentially, we can't, we can't see it all yet. And because we can't see it all, sometimes that means we miss the extraordinary. But Hebrews says, God created human beings with glory and, and honor and affirmed that glory and honor in that place through Jesus. And, and, and we as human beings, you as human beings, you can't see it all yet. But you're going to be able to get a glimpse of it because of Jesus. Jesus came that we might see it, might see the extraordinary in, in each and every one of us. And then Hebrews 2, 10 to 11, it was appropriate for God, for whom and through whom everything exists, to use experiences of suffering to make perfect the pioneer of salvation. This salvation belongs to many sons and daughters whom he's leading to glory. This is because the one who makes people holy and the people who are being made holy all come from one source. That is why Jesus isn't ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see a brother or sister of Christ? Do you see a created being who was, who was created by the same God who, who created Jesus? Do you, do you see someone who's, who's not a plaything of, of the gods, plural, not, not some ordinary person that God doesn't know very well? Not a, not a subject of God, but a family member, part of God's family. Hebrews says you are a brother or sister of Christ. And because Jesus came and died and was resurrected, you're being made holy to participate in his glory. This is what makes you extraordinary. You're not extraordinary because of anything that you do or not extraordinary because of how you can be compared to, to others. You don't earn the label of extraordinary. You are extraordinary. It's already been given by God to you and, and you're invited to participate in it. And, and no, you can't always see it. It doesn't mean life isn't going to be difficult sometimes. It doesn't mean things will be overly challenging sometimes. It doesn't mean there won't be times when you're ready to give up. It won't be there won't be times in your life when things seem mundane and routine and, and normal and, 
And all of these times, this is why knowing Jesus matters. Right? Because, because if you read the rest of Hebrews, you'll find that, that Jesus shows us the extraordinary. Jesus shows us a, a better way. A way to see and, and experience the extraordinary of life. Right? And those moments when life feels ordinary or those moments when life seems insufferable, we look to Jesus, fix our eyes, in the words of, of Hebrews later, we fix our eyes on Jesus because, because Jesus shows us a way of understanding and a, a way of loving, a, a way of being human, a, a way of being forgiven, a, a way of being holy. Jesus shows us a better way. Stopping in our lives to fix our eyes on, on Jesus. Right? It's like pausing to look more closely at that dandelion. It's like seeing that the love of Jesus and, and Jesus' grace is, is in us. It's, it's inviting us to see God's extraordinary first in ourselves and then when we learn to see it in ourselves, to, to see it in everybody else as well. And, and it can invite us to think about, the, about our lives in a different way. You know, for instance, patience with a, you know, having patience with a, a three-year-old who's, who's whiny all day, right? it, it, that may seem ordinary. It's just what we do as, as parents, right? But modeling the love of God to that child, you think of wanting that child to know the love of Jesus in their family and and, and forgiving them and, and loving them, that's extraordinary. Eating dinner with the family, I mean, that can seem really, really ordinary. Maybe. Maybe it's extraordinary for some today just to get around the table for a meal. But sharing a, a Bible verse and caring for each other and praying over that meal around the table, it, it touches the extraordinary. It invites us to experience Jesus in the heart of our family, the extraordinary. Right? When, the, when the obstacles of life seem insurmountable and you know that, that ordinarily you can't overcome them alone, you're, you're right. But you're not alone because Jesus became fully human. So God, God gets it. And when we remember this, we, we know we're not alone. So in those, in those moments when, when life seems to be falling in around us, when the obstacles seem insurmountable, they're not. Not because we can do it ourselves, but because we can tap into the extraordinary in Jesus. There was a story in the news this week, I don't know, I don't know how many saw it, that begins with an awful tragedy. About a week ago, a six-month-old, uh, Leo Wallace, was uh, was killed. His family was driving back, I think, from, from Carmel. Uh, mom, two kids in the car, and uh, they were hit at a red light. A truck ran the, ran the red light and struck the car, and the uh, six-month-old died in the accident. Right? An ordinary human being you can't fathom how to go on in the midst of that kind of grief and loss. An ordinary 
human being can't begin to forgive the driver of the car that ran the red light and struck the family. But the dad whose picture you see here, Alex Wallace, he's a counselor in our community. He, um, he wasn't with the family at the time. They interviewed him this week, and the story was on the nightly news. And the reporter, it was interesting to hear this, this interview because the reporter sort of set him up to just share how upset he was with the driver who, who ran the red light and struck his family. Like the question was a, was a setup that sort of asked him about his anger or his frustration or, or if, you know, what he wanted. And, and he said, and answered that question, he said he forgave him. He talked about prayer and, and forgiveness and then he said this, he said, things happen and we pray for him or her. We pray that they know they have been forgiven. How do you do that, right? That's not, that's not ordinary. We can offer this kind of forgiveness. We can find the kind of strength we need to move through the, through the trials and the struggles of our lives because we can tap into the extraordinary of Jesus. We can tap into this promise of, of God's kingdom on earth and of, of the eternal. We can make it because followers of Jesus experience God's extraordinary through faith, through our faith in Jesus Christ. So how do, how do we do that? Like, how is it that we that we tap into this extraordinary power in life? How, how, do, we, how do we move in, in our lives from the, from the big view that just sees dandelions to a way that, that sees that God is at work? Well, this is going to be kind of your homework assignment this week. I want to invite you to take a look at the book of Hebrews, and you're going to find a guide. And you're going to do that by looking for all of the therefore statements in Hebrews. It's not a particularly long book. If you'll just skim through Hebrews and you'll find therefore. After every therefore, essentially it talks about Jesus as a better way. Jesus uh, inviting us to understand the Sabbath in a better way. Jesus is the high priest in a better way. All of these better ways. And then it, then it says, therefore. And the book of Hebrews then offers advice for how to live into it. Let me give you one example this morning. Hebrews 10, this is verses 22 to 25. Therefore... Let's draw near with a genuine heart, with the certainty that our faith gives us, meaning draw near to Jesus, since our hearts are sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies are washed with pure water. Let's hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, because the one who made the promises is reliable. We're going to confirm seven young people, right? The message today for them is to hang on to that hope, because the one who made the promises is reliable. And then it goes on, it says, And let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. Don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other, especially as you see the day drawing near. How do we live into the extraordinary? Well, we share it, we we tap into good deeds for, for one another. We worship together so that God's word is among us and we can ex experience the extraordinary together. 
Each week at Clay, we have a Faith Fit Challenge, and this is the Faith Fit Challenge for this week. Uh, as I said, I want to invite you to read through the, the book of, of Hebrews and find encouragement and, and strength in the therefore statements. If, uh, if you're a writer, a note taker, pull out your Bible and, and look through and, and take notes. What, are the, what, what follows each of these, those therefore statements? What are the ways that Hebrews calls us to, to see the extraordinary, to, to participate in it? If you want to be a little bit lazy, I'll give you the cliff notes. You can go to claychurch.com, and uh, under resources at the very bottom of the page, you'll see circles curriculum. If you go to the sermon guide for this week, it won't do the work for you, but it'll list all of the therefore scriptures, so you can go right to those therefore scriptures, find the scripture references there. So let me, let me invite you to turn to somebody near you and just tell them you are extraordinary. For those of you watching from home today, look at me and hear me say, you are extraordinary. And now don't just hear it. Don't just hear it, but believe it. And don't just believe it. Believe it because of Jesus. And don't just believe it because of Jesus. Believe it because by believing it, you can participate in the extraordinary power of Jesus' love and grace in your life. By participating in it, you'll get to encounter the extraordinary. That kind of hope that overcomes suffering, that kind of strength that gets you through the grief, that kind of possibility that draws people together to overcome the obstacles of life. Believe it because in the extraordinary of the grace of Jesus, you are going to find more strength and you'll find more comfort and you'll find more forgiveness and you'll find more love than you ever knew possible.